Welcome and welcome. No, I've done that. Bienvenue. What's that? That's welcome in French. To the sitcom sit down. I'm a John. And I'm a John too. And today we're going to be talking about Hello, Hello. Oui. When we said we were going to start making a podcast about sitcoms, Hello, Hello was the one that like instantly sprung to mind for me. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I think you did for you as well, didn't it? I think it did, yeah. It's because it's, it's, I just think it's a great, it's a typical classic British sitcom, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to my mind, anyway. I just found it very, very typically British, the humour. Yeah. The double entendres and, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, fantastic. It was one of those that I watched with my parents. I always have an affection for things that I watch, oh, yeah. watch yeah. with my parents and um, didn't really understand a lot of it initially, but I still don't, maybe. <laughs> it's interesting because it, it's like a typical British humour, and it is, isn't mm. it? It's not a million miles away from like Heidi High and things like that in the, in the style. Definitely, um, yeah. And but, carry on, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, the innuendo yeah. stuff, but the um, the makers the, um, they set out to um, set out like a French farce. I understand it. It's so. very much in a fa- in a farce sort of structure, but based on based on a, a different program called oh, yeah. Secret Army that was on in the I think it was the late seventies about the Belgian resistance. It's actually it is loosely based around that. Um, which was a really sort of um, serious program about the resistance at the time, and um, "Hello, Hello" is basically a parody of it. I did, I did think this. So I think it was it eighty two. Yeah, um, it was first piloted. Yeah, and I think that wasn't very long after the war. <laughs> it was less than forty years, and um, I mean, the Second World War, a lot of bad shit happened. <laughs> Yeah, one or two things. But the thing is, I mean, and again, it was quite, maybe seen as quite a strange thing to parody, so it's like a, a, <laughs> a straightforward, um, a serious series as Secret Army. Believe it off as well, four of the actors were in Secret Army as well. Really? Bizarrely, yeah. I'll tell you who they were. God, you are dropping fact bombs thick and fast. <laughs> I didn't think you'd noticed in these trousers. Colonel Von Strom, yeah. um, Guy Siner, who played Lieutenant Gruber, um, John D. Collins and Hilary Minster were all in Secret Army. Strangely oh. enough, strangely oh. enough. So but they they all played Nazis in Alola, I think. Um, just there's only John D. Collins was one of the British Airmen. Oh, I beg you know, the rest of them were Nazis. Yeah, so strange but true. But no, the thing we say about it's not that long after the war. Don't you find um, people like I don't know Spike Milligan or whatever? I mean, they they found like even Freddie Starr. Hitler's this like figure of fun. Mm. Um, going back, I mean, I know with Spike Milligan, I, th- I think he thought he had a right. Seen he fought in the <laughs> fought in the war, it it um, he had the right to ridicule Adolf Hitler, mm. even though he seemed quite a serious dude at the time. Wasn't he? Mm. When you think about it, yeah. Well, I suppose um, Chaplin had done it way well, before yeah, the great dictator. Like, um, yeah, but yeah, see Spike Milligan playing a ukulele and singing and doing a George Formby impression dressed as Hitler. <laughs> I do like the it fact be that very amusing. it's like a non-violent response to aggressive world leaders. It's like we've got it at the moment with people just parodying Putin. And, exactly. Uh, and remember um, Kim Jong-il in uh, Team America World Police? Uh, they yeah, did it because yeah. They, yeah. they knew that Tim, yeah, Kim Jong-il was like a massive movie buff and watched things. And they said, oh, we, we just wanted to make him cry <laughs> and it turns out the twist at the end is that he's a cockroach from outer space 
So yeah. yes, so the, so anybody who doesn't know Alola, um, mm. the 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 general premise for it then is it's focusing on the life of French cafe owner yeah. in the town of Nouvion. Nouvion is that a real Nouvion? place? Um, I don't think it's a real no, place. No. But this is during the, the German occupation of France during the Second World War. Yeah, um, and, and as you said off air um, a couple of weeks ago, it's just basically a comedy about. Rene almost gets killed but never seems to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all kinds of scripts that that they get into, and all, well, it's good because it there were um, it ran for ten years and longer uh, than the war. It yeah. used to say, oh yeah, yeah, it oh. longer than the actual war. Of course, it did. Yeah, it was predominantly story based, wasn't it? It was like there it was, was there things the, that just the, threads that ran and ran and ran and. There ran. were overarching mm. stories like the the. The painting of the Madonna with the, the fallen Madonna with the big boobies, the big boobies mm. hidden in a sausage, or whatever she was hidden in. Oh, I mean, she was always cropping up somewhere, usually in um, Renee's cellar or whatever. They got around that because they had the little bit at the start where Renee would recap. Mm. So, I mean, if you did catch one on, I don't know, yesterday channel or wherever they play them now, you can just watch it as a mm. as one episode and, and still get where they are with it. Because he used to recap every time. But yeah, the stories were quite long running. To I the like point the where, are they still on about that by the end? <laughs> so. I like the idea they were planning that <laughs> right before satellite TV even. Yeah. If we get reruns yeah, of this, yeah, let's, yeah. let's have the Rene yeah, recap. Watch it, as, watch it as a one-off. <laughs> um, Be- because when it was going out in its prime, um, I read it had up to 15 million viewers. Oh yeah, it surprised me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very popular. Well, I mean, the only real criticism is, I suppose, if it's criticism, I think it did go on too long, you know, as a, mm. I think it was nine series in the end, which yeah. I think it did get a bit tired in the end. And, and Some of the replace, characters. That's replaced yeah, actors, actors replaced yeah, and it, things yeah. like that. But uh, but no, it's brilliant in its pomp. It was very, very funny. Really funny. Typical British humour. You know. I must admit, I... I enjoyed doing the research on this and catching up on a few things. Oh, yeah. I get, like I said, a part of that is because it was like kind of like formative years of, of humour and so on. For, for, but but it did genuinely make me laugh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, um, absolutely. And <laughs> because there was, I suppose, like yeah, when you say you were younger, some of these visual gags they used to do, which were like you know vulgar. I I, I always remember there was, there was this like code that the the British policeman who couldn't speak French very well. Mm. Um, there was there was some secret code where he used to lift his <laughs> lift his truncheon up <laughs> in a suggestive manner um, to gain a response from other people who also had truncheons, truncheons and they lifted them in a similar manner. Uh, things like that. It's just childish and juvenile, but it makes me laugh. Mm. And the other thing that came back, and I have to say, it's been stuck in my head. Mm. It came back to me was the theme tune. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, which, if we figured it out how to do, would have we've, we heard that at the yeah, top yeah, of the. Yeah. If we managed to get hold of a copy, we heard it at the top of the podcast. If Absol- not, absolutely right. And I believe it was co-written by one of the writers, David Croft, because mm-hmm. um, that that stable um, of it was Croft. I think Croft and Lloyd wrote this one, but you get yeah. Croft and Perry did Dad's Army and that, and they tended to write the music as well. One of them used to, you know. And it ain't half hot mum and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, um, smart asses. Yeah. Write it, produce it, write the bloody theme tune. Yeah, like Dennis Waterman. Den- yeah, <laughs> yeah, very Dennis Waterman. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, I really enjoyed catching up with um, Alo Alert. And it reminded me of things that have sat 
just in the deep recesses of my mind that are like, that, I mean, <laughs> stupid things like, I mean, there's some of the more famous ones, but that General von Klinkerhofen, <laughs> just like, <laughs> you just got Helgov just bellowed that out. And just Which like, used to shout it but too loud, and it always got a laugh. Yeah, that's always. what I was going to say, and it made me laugh. And I'm like, I think she's a woman walks in the room and shouting a guy's name, and I'm laughing. As we know, as we've discovered on this podcast, that's my level. <laughs> Few too many letters in his name, though. General von Klinkhofen is he's, he's a, he's a bit more of a mouthful than Dave or Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, um, the stupid stuff, like the um, ca- the Italian captain. <laughs> just oh, like, what he, a mistake to make. Yeah, so, so, but, I mean, that language was a fast... I mean, that was, like, a running joke that ran across everything. So, it's, so Italian was just English with A's stuck at the yeah, end of yeah, it. What a mistake. But then but the whole running joke about... The English and the French not being able to understand. I, I, do you know what? Fantastic. I thought that was one of the cleverest. It sounds so like silly, doesn't it? And obvious, but I just thought that was so clever. They're just speaking the same language mm. because one of them's got a slight accent. They can't understand each other. And then to to come up with the policeman who yeah. just mangles both. It's just I just think yeah, because he wasn't in this first series, was he? No, no, he's, he came in later on. Um, but just I was just pissing by and all that. Long. Yeah. I just parachuting. Well, I've got yeah, I've got this here. So he he says, so where did he come from? He jumped out of a British bummer, which yeah. was being, <laughs> which was being chased by German farters, <laughs> and I parachuted over Nuvion. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still, honestly, still not if you quite seen sure why I'm it. laughing. <laughs> Yeah, so this was it's such the, a clever device, though. Yeah, this was the um, actor Arthur Bostrom playing Arthur Bostrom, Officer Crabtree, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who who was undercover. That's right. Uh, yeah. But uh, he got the position because he could speak a little bit of French. Um, but they all thought he was stupid because he couldn't do it. Um, but when he even tried to like blend in with the Germans, <laughs> he's like Hol Hotler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but nothing he just, was. He just absolutely. He asked Rene if he'd ever committed a rape. <laughs> There was a, Terrific, a, yeah. a video I watched, and it was um, an American family had watched an episode of Hello, Hello, and, it, and, and then they kind of fed back, and they were going, um, I'm not sure I understand this. I guess it's the subtleties of the English language. There's absolutely like, nothing subtle going on. <laughs> yeah. I think any kind of modern comedy that I could compare it to is lacking elderly lady called Madame Fanny <laughs> with two British airmen hiding in her wardrobe. <laughs> Calling Nighthawk and stuff. <laughs> I didn't see any of this when I was doing the research, but I have like, memories of like the bed just like taking off. Yeah, you used to like lift up, and, and the the bed the bed knobs used to flash yeah. when London were calling or whatever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a strange idea. <laughs> the whole uh, yeah, the whole thing was kind of um, was, was surreal, and the, and. You talk about um, kind of like lead characters, and and, and Rene is fine and everything. Oh, he is funny and he's sarcastic. He's terrific, yeah. But but there's so many other characters in there that I mean, even like Michel Leclerc oh, used yeah. to come in in his disguise. The master it's... of disguise just lift his glasses up in case you wondered who he was. Yeah, <laughs> it is me, Leclerc. And he was a master forger as well, wasn't he? he was forger and yeah. part-time piano player. <laughs> You could just, just come in, just go, oh, it's just me, I'm a blind man, or whatever he's doing. <laughs> yeah, announcing himself. Yeah. 
<laughs> there, was, there, was, there was one episode I watched where the, 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 the whole cafe was full of onion sellers. The Germans were dressed as onion sellers. The resistance were. The airmen were. It was just a bloody cafe full of onion sellers. Yeah. You almost forget why. You know, there was some, re- <laughs> some bizarre reason. <laughs> The other interesting thing is that like the Nazis were, were quite funny and um, you're quite sympathetic to them, really, some of them. I mean, there was the, the Gestapo. So there's Flick. Herr Flick. Flick. And, Von Smallhausen. Yeah, yeah. and they, they were, everybody was a bit frightened of them. Yeah. But then they were bonkers as well. His sexual chemistry with Helga. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it was, uh, well, I came across the, um, the traditional Gestapo dance. Do you remember that? Oh. Yes, I do. Actually. Oh, highly, highly Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> He's so stupid, but he did make me laugh. So I say about you know when when you look back and and you think well, this is quite serious, you know, the French resistance and that it was serious business, mm. but it, it's oh, it looked great fun. But <laughs> I wish I would lived in occupied France during say, the forties. I think I don't know if it's a way, almost way of dealing with it is to make it into mm. you know. It, to make it funny, it's like, you know, parodying Hitler and all this lot, you know, just all to laugh at it. But apparently it's very popular in Germany as well. Yeah, really? When they show it over there with the subtitles, yeah. How they subtitle it, how they subtitle Crabtree. Yeah. Mangling the languages, I've, I've no idea, but yeah. Yeah. What we haven't talked about mm. is a question that I have for you. And you've done really well, you've resisted this long. If you had to live with one of the characters from a lower, lower genre, who would it be? Yvette Carte Blanche. Why? Next question. <laughs> I can think of a couple of reasons. Um, the thing is, when I, I mean, how old was I when it was first done? I was, just, let's put it this way, I was a very, very good age <laughs> to appreciate <laughs> Vicky Michelle and Francesca Gonshaw, who, who was the, one of the first Maria. waitress before um, Mimi LeBong, Sue Hodge. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, the flash of stocking tops and brassiers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm still the right age for it, really. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It's um, added to my enjoyment of the show, shall we say? Oh right, okay. Because you fancied them, just yeah. To, I just, them. Th- just, just to be clear about that. Them. Okay. Was there anything about the lower low that you didn't like? I, I kind of touched on it earlier, which was kind of it went maybe went on mm. too long, which was a shame. Got a bit tired. But apart from that, I mean, you could, you know, it was just great. I mean, when when they start having to replace actors and things like that, you always think, oh, maybe, mm. you know. But then um, it's pomp. It was as funny as any. I, used to, I, I was watching it this morning and I was still laughing out loud. There's one or two things mm. to just make you laugh out loud because it's so funny. You obviously wanted it to continue because, I mean, Gordon Kay had the accident, didn't they? Were quite quite famously um, during the hurricane, which, That's um, right. which could have killed him. But, you, you but then see, they, brought, yeah. they brought it back. After a certain point, you mm. see the scar on his head in the mm. episodes. But it led to um, a lovely line. He won the... I was remember watching it. It must have been the British Comedy Awards, as they were at the time, and he won the Best Actor Award. And he he stood up to receive the award, and he said, uh, "I'm not sure I really deserve this." You know, he said. But then again, a few months ago, a plank of wood came through my windscreen <laughs> and hit me on the head, and I didn't think I deserved that either, <laughs> which I thought was a oh wow a, a fabulous oh plan. that's that's fantastic um, yeah yeah and he knew how to deliver it. More than I did. Yeah. But yeah, he was a very, very funny man. I thought Gordon Kay, very <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, I um, I don't think it did run on too long. I suppose my experience might have been a little bit different, but yeah. um, I quite liked the fact that it, it really played out and it had a proper ending as well. Do you remember how it ended? 
Do you know what? I've been trying to find the last episode so I could see how it ended, but I wasn't. I really don't yeah. know. Okay. Well, I mean, in potted points, then. Mm. So the um, the Americans and the Brits come to kind of liberate France and, yeah, and yeah. liberate Nouvion. Um So the the Nazi officers that have become. I suppose René is friends as much as it was yeah. quite a strange, strange relationship. Mm. He's trying to aid them to to escape, and they're dressed up probably with onions on. Them. That's probably why they all had onions <laughs> on. They were all pretend to not to get rounded up by the, the Yanks. Onion probably. sellers, women, yeah, <laughs> nuns. Or something. Um, but they they end up kind of giving them giving themselves up, and they're they're arrested and, and taken away. But then he fast forwards to kind of. Well, I think the episode went out in ninety two. It went to ninety two. Um, to see what they were up to, and Rene was in a wheelchair, getting pushed around by Yvette. I think Gordon Kay um, played the son. As, yeah. as, I may be wrong in this. I haven't seen it. I just read these points. Yeah. Um, but they they discover the fallen Madonna with the big boobies, um, oh, wow. missing the boobies. Helga had the the boobies, um, and yeah, they've got this <laughs> like um, Bonstrom wow. is uh, oh, what they call the the other German officer Gruber. Uh, Gruber. Um, so, yeah. Von Strom is Gruber's tank. Yeah, well, Von Strom becomes Gruber's driver uh, oh, wow. at, at this point. So, uh, yeah, it kind of did sort of it showed how the end because I'm sure that Rene did run away with Yvette in the end. Yeah, he was always on the cars. They always yeah. threatened after the war, wasn't it? Yeah, because he's a lovely in the first in the first series when you know, when well, as soon as the British come to you know save us, you know, we'll be able to go yeah. away and get married. And with yeah. that, you just hear, hello, <laughs> from behind the, got the rail already, you know, as the airmen appear at the window. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Brits were pretty useless um, in this. It was uh, Michelle and the Resistance were the only ones that seemed to have something about them. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you something else, just purely from a pervy <laughs> point of view. I was hoping you would. No, yeah, there was something about... Michelle's ankle socks for some reason. But the other thing was the way she could switch from the French accent into the English. I used to, right, listen here, chaps. Yeah. And then go back to the city there's only once in all this. Which I kinda liked. I like the switch of accents. Yeah. But anyway. So Madame no, no, I need therapy listener. I'm not when I say Madame Edith, I'm not asking if you had a thing for her, but were they married? Because I've got a piece of paper in front of me that says Rene Etoit and Edith Etoit. I seem to think part of the storyline was she wanted to marry him as well. No, they were married. He ah. was married to Edith. Yeah. So he was being adulterer the whole time. Yeah. Although, that's right. The yeah. thing is, the the great thing about um, Rene was, <laughs> I mean, he's played by uh, Gordon Kay, who was is not really that type, is he? But he was he was this like um, sex symbol, wasn't he? You know, even Gruber. Yeah, fancied everybody him. fancied him. <laughs> and mm. one of the Michelle fancied him. One of the resistance fancied him. And what, uh, in the in the later episodes. Both waitresses, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was quite, you know, sought after. Yeah. Because um, it's also was this brave, brave man. <laughs> he just had the weight of the world on his shoulders at all times. Didn't yeah. And he, he wasn't. He never wanted to be the hero. He just kept finding himself. <laughs> just it wanted so. a quiet life. Yeah. At the end of it, they have a statue of him outside of the cabin. It's <laughs> <laughs> this kind of war Unlikely hero. Unlikely hero. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, they didn't give up the British Airmen. They could have done that. That had given them an easier... Easier life, I suppose. But, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I might, might have spoiled the sitcom. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very yeah, true. Yeah, the resistance is more charming than a collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that Alola teaches us about life? I'm not sure that they ever put pen to paper and thought, right, let's teach the public something with this episode. Yeah. But I think there's, there's something about um, the way, the fact that these enemies and different people, mm. are in, the, in the end, find a way to sort of like rub along. They sort of yeah. help each other out. 
you know, the, the Nazis and the, the mm. resistance. I know, like, Rennie gets threatened with the firing squad on quite a regular basis. But he, 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 as far as the firing squad were concerned, um, and the, the general, he was executed. But then, then, well, yeah. and then his twin brother moved in. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But yeah, but right from the word go, right from the early days with the when they had in the painting in the cellar and that, you mm. know, you, you know, you will be shot. And this is some sort of deal, deal brokered, you know. But what about you? Because I think um, what's his name, von Strom wanted the painting as his pension once he got back mm. to Berlin after the war, and and like there's a bit of a deal struck. And mm. I think that the, the, yeah, the way they all rubbed along, I thought was quite quite good when they're all supposed to be enemies yeah you know right, I mean? there's something quite it was almost like a little community in itself wasn't it mm. I mean they were all like nobody, everyone was up to no good mm. you know what I mean none of them were particularly trustworthy mm. all trying to feather their own nest but I kind of liked how it worked yeah um so I don't know if that really teaches us anything. I think the war was the baddie wasn't it the, rather yeah, than yeah. The, the individuals well, it kind of shows like the, how the futility it? Mm. it just showed the futility of what these people who would normally get along anyway and they're, they're on opposing sides mm. you know so in, in, in that way it does it highlights the futility of it all yeah and actually as I talked about the final episode the interactions that you see there way after the war they're mm. all, everybody's on an equal playing field and there's no amnosity and things I can't speak I've obviously never been in this kind of situation but I yeah. imagine that's not an easy thing to do but it, it, it's, it's the right thing to do to, to move on from that so absolutely yeah 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 oh we're being all serious I know I like it I okay know. would you like to live in the world that a lower low is setting I've always wanted to live in rural France <laughs> but with bombs dropping maybe not but the, the, there's something quite charming about it all isn't there um <laughs> Taking away the fact that like, the cafe is full of Nazis, <laughs> it seems so ludicrous. But yeah, there's something quite you, you, where you think, "I don't mind sitting having a glass of wine in there." You know? Yeah. Um, but I quite like the idea of being an unattractive middle-aged man that becomes a bit of a hero and a sex symbol. Well, I think yeah, I could, uh, yeah. I mean, I could, if, I, if yeah, he can pull that off, we could. Yvette throwing a, throwing herself at me, <laughs> not so much Gruber, but yeah, and his little tank. But. Um, yeah there's, there's, yeah, there's something to like about that. Has anybody ever asked you this before, John? Which character from a lower low is most like you? Oh, obviously Rene, unlikely sex symbol. <laughs> um, actually, right. no, I'm more like Gordon Kay, overweight Yorkshireman. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, I'd like to be Rene. The sort of like mm. heroic, sex, <laughs> unlikely sex symbol, basically. Yeah. Um, I can't... He's the one who came to me because he's. I, I find him the most relatable. It's the it's the look on his face all the time when something goes wrong or he finds out he's got to look after a bottle of nitroglycerine <laughs> that the uh, the resistance are planning to blow a railway line up with, and they've got it in like this gin bottle. And and, and Madame Edith says, "I'll take our mind off it with a song," and she sings, "Boom! Why does my heart go boom?" Which I just thought again a brilliant joke. Um, <laughs> but it's that that. Look on his face at all times at that hang dog. Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to get out of this one? Sort of thing. So he's the most relatable and likable. Yeah, I like I like I like Rennie. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I'm really like him particularly, but um, mm-hmm. what about you? Probably Crabtree. Um, <laughs> I'm well-meaning, but quite often get the wrong end of the stick and <laughs> offend people. As I go, oh, Crabtree. as I'm just pissing he's, by. He's, he's such a. It's, I, I, the the thing with the accents, as I said, I think it's just genius. And then to put him in the middle of it, yeah. it's just 
just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I've got a I've got a treat for us. Oh, go on. <laughs> Is he on the phone? Arthur Bostrom. No. It, well, <laughs> that would have been better. Oh, I've, I've managed to obtain John um, oh, a, a script in a new feature called. <laughs> Deleted scenes of sitcoms. I mean, don't ask me how I got hold of it because the people at the BBC wouldn't be very happy. Um, but this is a deleted scene from Series 4, Episode 5. And it's interesting that you should say you're much like Rene because uh, I would like you to <laughs> read the part of Rene um, and I'm going to be the narrator and play all the other characters. Okay. This is an exclusive listener. Hi, Dad. As, as I'm just going to set the scene now for Series 4, Episode 5, Rene is in his cafe alone. He addresses the camera. It is a very tense time for this war. Much like my eyes, it could go either way. <laughs> that was very harsh. I can see why it was deleted now. If the Allies liberate Nouvion, we may be studied by expert historians. If it goes badly, I fear we'll be nothing more than controversial fodder for a pair of John's recording. <laughs> a podcast in a converted bedroom. It's conversational fodder, not 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 oh, sorry, controversial fodder. Yeah, come on. Uh, sorry. But it was very astute. Very astute of it. Okay. A door opens. This is where you might get sexually confused now. Okay. Yvette enters. Oh, Rene. Ah, my Yvette. <laughs> Rene. <laughs> Excuse me. Rene, I just saw two lovebirds up in the tree, and it made me think of us. Are they doves? No, I think they're great tits. Me too, me too. <laughs> Rene, when the war is over, do you promise it is me you will elope with? Of course, my darling. There is not even a flower to match your beauty. How about tulips? Yes, but let's make it quick before we're interrupted. <laughs> As Rene pulls down Yvette's frilly knickers, Madame Edith walks in. Rene, how can I catch you like this with this serving girl? You stupid woman. Can't you see I'm putting cream on her genital warts? Approaching footsteps ahead. There is no time for this now. Someone is coming. Quick go and service the British airmen or some other plot deviation. The bell rings. In steps, Officer Crabtree. Good morning. The audience inevitably laugh. (laughs) Good morning. What do you want? I have for you in my pocket a sheet of paper. <laughs> it was pissed to me by Michel of the Resistance. We met at a secret moting place just before the fuck in the road. <laughs> it contains instructions for the British airmen. You must take them upstairs. Why can you not take it yourself? With my knees, I couldn't make it up. You're right, you can't. Wow. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, Dad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the secrets deleted scene from a level. I don't know why they didn't use that one. I mean, it had, it's bizarre, it had many it? of the tropes in, didn't it? It's bizarre. Yeah. I love the fact that, no, I think they're great tits. Me too, love, me too. How a, how a sentence with two me twos in can be so un-me too movement is fascinating. Yeah, well, it was another time, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I suppose I probably tits. should have um, contacted the writers and asked for permission to nah, use well. that script, but we've done it now. We've done it. I don't know. I mean, 
if we've infringed any kind of copyright there, they can they can charge us a pound per listener. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, we're sorted. <laughs> Cheers, Mr. Gilbert. <laughs> um, so I'd also, uh, off the back of that exclusive, like I to... enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, I'm sure that, that I know on good authority it took the writer 45 minutes to put that <laughs> together. I understand Crabtree is surprisingly difficult to um, to write for, actually, because you'd think there'd be more, but there's just like piss and fucking shit. <laughs> there's only so many words, and um, and and dear listener, I happen to know because the, the the writers told me this that the the closing line there is is paying homage to you, John. I mean, and yeah, 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 from your, yeah. Um, from absolutely, your, yeah, your, your double act wooden heart. That's right, yeah. Um, I still regard it as the greatest catchphrase of all time. Mm. You couldn't make it up. You're right, you come. Only works in Hull Listener. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing that American watching that would be going, yeah, I don't understand the subtleties of the English language. <laughs> they just call him a cunt. <laughs> For no reason. It's kind of aggressive. Yeah. I don't even know what this accent is I'm doing. It's better than my French, though. You're very hostile, John. You're very hostile. <laughs> In another new feature for the podcast, I have a question for you. And actually, this, this, is a new, this is a new feature where John attempts to introduce another new feature. Okay? So, this new feature is called Spin-Off Series Idea. <laughs> where my question to us both, and even though I knew this question was coming, I haven't prepared anything. Funny enough. Is what, <laughs> yeah. Which characters or which storyline could make a strong spin-off series from Hello, Hello? Yeah, well, um, I knew this was coming, and it's not very, very interesting, really, because I thought, yeah, give the, it a chance. The, the, the obvious, no, my answer, not your question. the The most obvious one to me is, is following Rene and Yvette. If they didn't, you know, in fact, do what they were always threatening to do, he leaves Edith, and they start a life of their own. I would be quite interested to see how that went. Mm. Um, the, in, do you, the, you mean, write it. Come round to your house. We could do. The end of living with you. Michelle down, see what she makes of it. Yeah, I think there should be a spin-off of Officer Crabtree uh, as an international agent, just going around the world trying to solve the world's problems um, with his multilingual skills. Yeah, like translatory. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. could sort the Middle East out, I'd imagine. Yeah, we send pop him across to the Ukraine now, yeah. and uh, he maybe deal with it. <laughs> So suddenly, right, so hang on, were we saying that's too soon for me to say something like what, that? Well, the fact the war's still going on. Yeah, yeah, you can't, I don't think they could have made a lower low during <laughs> the war. Not during the war, no, not during the war. Yeah. Although, but no, sending up, sending up dictators is quite, that's fine. Hmm. Although Hitler wasn't in it, was he, as a character? The, the, he got, well, I don't know if they even mentioned, oh, they did mention him. Quite a lot, But I mean, they, they'd say sometimes, like, I think they just referred to him as the Führer, mm. didn't they? Oh, what's the Führer is about this? And you know. Yeah, and, but I do like the idea of um, it's sort of like a Mister Bean type. Yeah, yeah, um, actually, that's crab the, tree. That, that would that, be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's make that. He's still about, I think. Off his, uh, he is half a Bostrom. Yeah, I've noticed as well. They still up to the day. I think still have like these get-togethers, and and I don't know if people hire them or what. I saw one from about 2018, and then Guy Sinner, who played Gruber, mm. next to the guy who played Flick, Richard Gibson, Kim Hartman, Helga was there, and Arthur Bostrom. They're in the gear, just being interviewed, you know. I think people, they go to most like conventions and yeah. stuff like that. 
We should find it. We should go. We should do um, I'd love to sitcom that. sit down on the road. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to speak to them about it. Yeah. Maybe don't let good. them listen to this podcast first. Well, no, might, maybe might not. lose their no. commitment. Um, certainly not Vicky. Um, <laughs> no. But no. That'd well, be Vicky good. Michelle's quite often. I say she's done the panto in Hull a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, I think she did... Uh, the Greatest Little Whorehouse in Texas as well. I think she did that one. New uh, theatre. I don't know. You're a stalker, not me. You know no, better. No, 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 no. So, Declan, that can go. Particularly a bit where I called John a stalker. That was, that yeah, that's, that's uncalled for. <sighs> I beg your pardon. Okay, so that was our new feature of the podcast, the spin-off series. I'm going to rate that a... Not a total disaster, nor a total success. So we no, may see that back It may in need it. work. I, I think your, your idea was much better than mine. Will it, I don't know. <laughs> no, I like, I like the idea of Crabtree being like a, a translator and the go to d- diplomat, maybe, mm. international diplomat. So, hello, hello, on 82 episodes across, across nine years. But as you said earlier, it was quite an unusual concept, really, to, to parody a it was, serious yeah, subject. Um, but yeah, based on the, the, I think it ran for two series, Secret Army, which was about the um, Belgian resistance. And it was based in a, a Brussels cafe where the guy who ran the cafe was having an affair with the waitress and his wife used yeah. to sing. Really? Somebody played the piano. That's how close it was to the actual oh. setup. It was very close, you know, close yeah. to that setup. With like a yeah, serious so backdrop. I yeah, suppose it's yeah. the equivalent of them like now making a comedy based on Chernobyl, the, yeah. the TV series. <laughs> the lighter <laughs> side of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that flashing light? <laughs> Radiation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some sort of crampy like type. Yeah, but yeah. Sexy nuclear physicist. <laughs> and then all the clothes fell off. You know, and, then, <laughs> and then her skin. Yeah, the radiation rotted her clothes away. <laughs> I wish but, that was a nice little down. joke there, wasn't it? <laughs> you made a nice little joke and I made it a bit graphic, sorry. No, that's, that's great. I like that. Rotting flesh jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, the, the, that's, yeah. That's that's basically it was just a send up of that and the, and it turned into a, this this amazing comedy. Mm. Well, I'm glad that we um, we nominated Aloha for the sitcom sit down. It's uh, yes, I've enjoyed it. If you've never seen it, <laughs> go watch it with an open mind. Um, and if you have seen it, I hope that this hasn't ruined it for you. Basically. <laughs> So thank you, John, for joining me in thank an episode you, that's had every, it's it's had laughs, it's had cringes, it's had yeah. a couple of intelligent points. Yeah. Um, I'm pleased that I managed to get the exclusive of the, uh, the deleted scene. Great work, mate. Yeah. Great work. Well, not about me. It was. Um, no, I'm saying getting hold of it. Not. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say thank David Croft and Jeremy Lloyd. Yeah, yes, of course. Yes, yeah, so thank me for getting hold of it to uh, grease some palms to get that. I always thank you when you get hold of it. Do you have to tell everybody? I think that's probably time for us to sign off. Yeah.